What's going on, everybody? Chris Starr back again with the Wildlife Command Center podcast. This episode, I have on one of my awesome squirrel hawker falconer friends, Jackie Berry, longtime friend of the show, even though the show hasn't been around that long. <laughs> but I've known her for a long time. She's an awesome squirrel hawker. Her TikTok and YouTube is The Squirrel Hawker. So go check that out. She posts a bunch of awesome content on there. And today we talk about a little bit of her research on red tail hawks and their morphs and like if the Harlan's hawk is its own species, ongoing research with regards to that. A little bit of her background and what she's up to nowadays, as well as a little bit of extra content that we have going on the Patreon, which I will put a link in the description for that bad boy. That's kind of like the second half of the episode. So let's jump in right now with Jackie Berry, my good friend, the Squirrel Hawker. Jackie Berry! Jackie Berry. Has anybody ever said that to you? You remember that song by Lil Boosie, (laughs) Halle Berry? Yes. So yeah, it's happened once or twice. Dang it. You know, I've thought about saying that to you for years, but I've never done it. Really? Well, I'm glad you got an opportunity now. I <laughs> I never had it before. All right. So for people that don't know, and I mean, most people do, but for the people that don't, uh, <laughs> give me like, you know, maybe a 30 second intro about yourself. Okay. Yeah. So my name's Jackie. I currently live in Alabama. I'm a falconer. I've been doing falconry for about, I don't know, like 10 or 11 years or something. And mostly fly red-tailed hawks on squirrels. Uh, It's pretty much my life's work, my passion. And it evolved into, exactly. I did a master's where I studied uh, raptor genetics and I'm continuing on. I got really addicted to that too. So now I'm doing my PhD and I'm trying to finish that up, hopefully soonish rather than later. And yeah, that's where I'm at right now. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And so you said, we've talked a little bit, you know, briefly before about this, you are trying to determine whether or not the Harlan's hawk is a subspecies of the red tail or its own species. Is that correct? Yeah. So that's a big part of my project is whether people consider the Harlan's hawk its own species has flip-flopped like in the scientific community, birders, falconers, you know, over the past like 50 years. Like there's still hardcore debate over it right now. And, yeah. you know, you look at the genetics and it's kind of unclear and it's hard to say, but then you look at, well, what they look like, their phenotype, like, well, that looks super different, even though they interbreed. I mean, there's no way. So people have these different ideas of like what constitutes a species, right? Mm-hmm. So my advisor at Columbia, where I did my master's, has one theory that's been published a lot. And my advisor here at Auburn has another theory that's new that's been published a lot. And they're very conflicting ideas. So um, something that I'm trying to do would be to take blood samples of the Harlan's hawk subspecies and uh, look for SNPs, so polymorphisms, so essentially mutations Mm -hmm. that could possibly explain, you know, how similar these birds are to each other when one evolved compared to the other, um, what their evolutionary history is like. Because you see the big differences between Eastern red tails and Western ones alone. You already see big differences, but there hasn't been enough genetic work on Harlan's yet. So that's kind of a project that's in the works, but I'm not there yet. I've already looked at it a little bit for my master's, but didn't find anything conclusive. 
which in my opinion, just reinforces how freaking awesome these birds are. They're an (laughs) enigma. They're so weird looking and crazy. So yeah. And then I I ended up actually, we ended up taking two for falconry and I think it was 2019, like near the NAFA meet. I think I saw you there briefly. Did you? I didn't see you. What the hell? No, it was like at the, I don't know, it was like at the banquet hall or something. Oh yeah, but at the banquet... I'd actually never been to NAFA before and I didn't even like get to do anything. I, I didn't even what? you know get to oh, go are hunting. Are you going there. this year? Uh it's in Lubbock, right? Yeah. Okay. Well you that, better be. That this might be my first real one then. We've been thinking about Careful, it. Careful because all of the rest of them are not gonna be as cool as this one you're going to. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Texas NAFA meets are by far the best ones. They have the most game. So it's Texas. They're usually later, like after Thanksgiving. And thankfully, they just moved it into December. I saw that, yeah. Yes, you know, that, that's a good thing. For the duck guys, more ducks will be down. For you know everybody else, it should be a little bit colder, right? For better flights. Just more of the migrating birds should be in the area. And more people will be there because it's not Thanksgiving week. And it's actually not even close to Thanksgiving week. It's two weeks after. So, which yeah. I mean, it's probably, we're probably going to have over 400 people going. Oh, it's going to be insane. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've spent a decent amount of time in Texas. The farmers there are amazing. You know, people there are great. I mean, you live in the, you live in the Bible Belt. People there are all pretty accommodating. You know, you go up them, you go up to them, you're honest and open, say, hey, I'm a falconer, you know, this, this, and that. You know, you bring your hawk. And most people just give you permission. Oh, I haven't had any problems. Well, I've actually never had any problems in my life uh, <laughs> with like nice asking people. <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, I don't want to <laughs> say it, but it's, there's probably some truth to that. Like, I was, 100%. You know, maybe if you're like some like creepy old guy and you're like, you know, walking around weird and you just like look like a sketch ball and someone's be like, no, can you get off my property? <laughs> That's not really happened to me before. I had like one incident where I was living in North Carolina. My hawk was flying like, so I had a huge backyard. Like it was super wooded. You know, it was enough to like, you come home from work and there's like 20 minutes of light left and you just let the bird go in your backyard to kill a squirrel. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's exactly what I did. And so anyway, the bird like flies kind of past near like a neighbor's yard and they've got like their Jack Russell out. Um, you know? Oh, geez. Yeah. And so I hear like screaming and I'm like, oh, well, I'm not really that worried, but I like saunter up there. I'm like, hey, what's going on? your bird. Oh my gosh, my Jack Russell, you know, if that's your bird, you need to get out of here. I'm calling the cops. So I called the bird down, of course, and like put at her and I was just trying to like calm them down. Like, I mean, she had her kids like run inside, like it was going to attack them. Nice. And I was like, oh no, it's totally fine. I was like, actually people fly these birds, these red-tailed hawks over dogs like Jack Russell terriers and you know, they're companions. She's like, okay, well they're not going to be friends. I was like, oh, okay. And then of course she not. Call- Can I leave? No, and then it got even worse. I guess you would call this person a Karen in these... Uh, uh, she is a Karen now. In these times, yeah. So she ended up calling the cops. And then the cops came over. You know, they wanted to hold the bird. And I gave him a glove. And we took selfies and stuff with the birds in the left. Oh, my gosh. Like, literally, that's like the only, I guess, bad experience that I've had. And it wasn't even really mm-hmm. that bad because the, the cops are always so, you know, chill. But, um... Yeah. I mean, I would love, I've never actually flown my own birds on jets. Like when I went out to Lou Souders place in Nevada, 
I got to fly some of his goshawks and one of his friends' goshawks on jackrabbits. And uh, it was awesome. But I've still never been able to do it with one of my own birds. Dang. So that's a serious goal. It's a serious goal. I, I really love to do it this year. I've got some of my friends back in South Carolina. They go every year and they're like, Jackie, you should come with us. And mm-hmm. so if I can make it, which I have pretty almost all of December off, like from school, granted, I'm supposed to be doing research and writing papers and manuscripts and applying for grants, but I think I could squeeze in a NAFA meet. 100%. Come on. <laughs> Easy breezy. Plus, it's going to be incredible. Yeah, I've always heard good things about the Texas one. So I don't know how it was last year. I don't even remember where it was last year. Where was it? Oh, it was terrible. Was it Oklahoma or a state like that? Yeah, it was Oklahoma. I uh, <laughs> did you I recorded go? a scathing episode. Yes, I did. Yes. I recorded a scathing episode about my experiences. Oh, it was um, the resort was great, and that's definitely why they picked the spot because there was absolutely dog shite for game everywhere else. Mm. It was terrible. This place, you know, so agricultural areas they kind of rotate on like a five to ten year and even longer sometimes rotation on what they're growing in that specific area. Like if you go to anywhere in Oklahoma. 10 years apart, there's probably going to be different crops there. Well, right now, right there where we were, what was it? Lone Wolf was all cotton. Oh, and I know from trapping with Michael that cotton is not conducive to there being apparently game nor birds. Nothing. It was horrible. That is a shame. I mean, are they at least aware of that? Hopefully they won't go back there. I hope so. I, you know, I, <laughs> I urged everybody, please complete the comment card that NAFA sends out in their email and tell them what you thought because, Jack, this is crazy. There were more ducks caught than rabbits. Really? Which is, yeah. You know how many dirt hawkers go to NAFA meets? It's mostly dirt hawkers, right? Yeah. There were more ducks ton. caught than rabbits. Okay. So it was kind of like a long winger's meet. Barely. And you know, Barely. there's hardly any duck hawkers that actually go to that. I mean, it was bananas. I wasn't even flying rabbits. I was just sneaking away to go fly my Merlin on whatever spit of green that I could possibly find. <laughs> oh my God. That's a shame. And that's, I would have been just pissed about spending all that money. Like as a grad student, Dude. like I have very limited funds to spend. So I want to make sure I'm going to, you know, not just for like the camaraderie, which is, you know, a huge reason that's people why go. I went. Yeah, exactly. But like, I would be really disappointed if I was like, I'm sure so many people go there, like, you know, to NAFA meets, like, I want to kill my first jackrabbit with my hawk. Exactly. I mean, that's got to be like a top five motivating factor, I guarantee you, for going to these meets. When I lived back east, that was the big thing. Going west to the NAFA meet, we're going to kill some jacks. That's what everybody's excited about. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I want to do. All right, well, kind of glad I missed that one then. Yes, definitely. It's good. It was good to. It was a good one to miss. But this coming year, Texas, they've got plenty of agriculture, and so ag, you know, means jackrabbits. So there's going to be plenty of jacks to go around this year. Cool. Well, I'm excited. We should link up. Although, so what do you? So you're going to fly another Merlin? You think maybe you should Ha-ha. get a red tail? Maybe you should get a red tail and fly on jacks too. Absolutely not. 
And screw you for saying that. Never in my life. I'm flown to, and I'm good for the rest of my existence. <laughs> Not a fan of red tails. They're for apprentices. Oh, no. Did he just say that? Oh, ouch. What a burn. I wish I could have seen your Merlin fly. I've never really... No, that's not... I've seen one flown into the lure. Ew. Okay. <laughs> well, you'll appreciate this. Our first year, we caught over 200 head of game. Holy crap. Yeah. So, no, you need to see an actual Merlin fly. Yeah. So, before we started recording, you had asked me what my options were because oh, a little damnatious Daniel escaped. A few episodes ago... I outlined what my options were for this coming season. And now that the <laughs> the one that was about to that was taking up probably 80% of what was going to happen is gone. Um, there are two options available. Mm-hmm. One is because I did the passage jack, I could totally trap another passage jack and have just the heck of a time with him. Another one, you know. But I always kind of like to push the limit, you know, push myself, try new things. There are a bunch of larger quarry where I live. So like this morning dove push, you know, the morning doves passing through, we have about a month or so. I don't remember how long the season is, but however long the season is, it's just covered up in morning doves, right? And then there is like, I found a really good snipe location as well. Oh, snipe. Yeah, you got to you got to get into some bogs. You got to get into some marshy, swampy crap, <laughs> and then they're there. I've seen like a woodcock. I've seen a woodcock before. Is that the same thing? Or are they different? They're different. Woodcock is actually a lot larger than a snipe. Not a lot. It's about you know like a tarsal peregrine to a female peregrine. About a third larger. You know, oh, okay. yeah. to a half. They have a big old head on them, which is kind of I funny. flushed one in the woods and it scared the absolute shit out of me. It was <laughs> so loud, and I was like, "Oh my god, what was that?" <laughs> they'll wait till you're literally like about to step kick on them, them and then they yeah. flush. It's bananas. Yeah. It was cool though. So snipe and then a few other species of quarry that are about that size that I could fly with a female Merlin waiting on. Oh, so that'd be different. Yeah, exactly. So besides my main Merlin mentors, multiple year old Jack, um, who... F- like you want to see a Merlin fly, it's the most insane thing you've ever seen. It's what got me into flying Merlins and moving to where I literally moved. It's incredible. Besides that specific Merlin, the Merlin that I've seen that's flown the highest besides that one was a female. And that's not usually their thing. Yeah. Usually they like to sit, you know, uh, you know, okay, so you've, have you flown many males, male red tails? Uh... Mm, almost flew one by accident and I gave it to uh, Michael Moore. <laughs> I got it DNA sex. I was like, oh, never mind. I don't want this boy. I don't want this boy hawk. <laughs> uh, so oddly enough, so Red Tails, their first year, I mean, you probably have more experience with this with me, which is it's crazy. In most species, it's the opposite. Females are probably better to fly. I think everybody can agree with that. You know, First year female Red Tails, better to fly than males. Right. Yeah. I well, I mean, some people would disagree. I we mean, because there's some. <laughs> I got one of those people sitting right next to me. Males are his thing, and like seeing some of these males fly, 
you know, it's hard to say people are always like, oh, well, you know, the males are quicker. They're more agile. They're more blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, are they really? And then are I they? kind of went out and it was like the recovery period. Like after they'd miss, it was like just a second and they were kind of like back up and they would get up ah. higher. And it wasn't like a musculature thing. Like I saw enough males that I, I saw some incredible things. There's this old video that Michael Moore posted and his bird, tons of people have seen this. It's an old grainy video. There's a big pine tree and the squirrel bails out of the very top of the pine tree. I mean, it's like 60 feet up or more. And his bird does a backflip and slams it into the ground all the way down. It's like, it's hard to imagine some big female red tail just doing a big backflip like that. That's, it's just incredible. So if the little males can hold on to them, you know, I think they're, they're fine, but getting them going, I think overall is probably harder to hold on to those writhing, evil, dangerous squirrels. So you should (laughs) never, ever fly on in the Uh, UK. That's so funny. (laughs) In the UK. That's so funny. People still say that on YouTube and it bothers me. It's yeah, it's bananas. I mean, it's their and they've got all those captured red red tails over there. Fly them. So, uh, female Merlin is an option from the same flight style waiting on. My grandpa has a lot of faith in me, even though so males do it more naturally, but Merlins are so intelligent you can teach them to do anything. They're they're literally like a miniature jeer falcon. It's like it's uncanny how similar they are. Well, you're really hyping these things up. <laughs> oh. I feel I feel like I really need to see one like hunting and oh, you know, not well, just coming to the lure now. Come to NAFA. <laughs> oh shoot. I may or may not be flying bad in. Okay. So that depends on oh, okay. So <laughs> let me finish my point. Me. Okay, sorry. I, I, I'm no, no, I'm interrupting myself. The other option, which I think you might be more excited about. The male and female Harris's hawks that I flew like in Albuquerque and St. Louis and stuff like that, mm-hmm. killed a couple hundred squirrels, a couple hundred jacks with, and successfully bred them. They're back in St. Louis at our company headquarters right now, and they're back in a breeding chamber. So where I'm at right now, we have invasive fox squirrels. <gasps> what? They're not native here. Therefore, they have no hunting season, nor bag limit, anything. I smell an opportunity. And because, they're, because it's hot here, they don't get humongous like the fox squirrels do everywhere else. Yeah. So they could probably hang on to them a little better. They can. And my female, that is that part of that crew, flew at 1,200 grams. Well, that's plenty big. Plenty big, right? But if I was going to fly anything, I've flown a lot of females, I would fly a male Harris out of them. Really? Yes, I would. Yeah. The the terrain, the forests out here, unfortunately, nothing like back east. Everything's more young, more dense, shorter, less open. So you kind of need a male's... Think about the difference between a male and a female red tail's wing beat. Males much faster, much more agile between the limbs. That's what I would want as well. So I'm considering a male Harris. That's kind of in the option. That's kind of in the, maybe in the cards as well. I mean, por que no los dos. Why not do both? <laughs> Dude, because I'm trying to like, I don't know, have a girlfriend at some point in my life. Like, 
Oh, so you're saying life can get in the way of falconry. <sighs> okay. Who I've, would have thought? T- dude, I've, I've flown multiple birds successfully, and I had no life outside of them. Yeah. It, it, it was awesome for what it was, but I was not doing anything else. You know, I had no time nor like energy for anything else. Yeah. Like I would, I would fly. So here's what I was doing. Oh man. Wow. I would fly my Oplomato every morning and then I would fly my Jir Oplomato one day, kill, crop him up. And then the next day fly my team of Harris Hawks and then kill and then crop them up. And so I was literally flying four birds essentially at once. And I, you know, oof, it was a lot. Oh, that's a ton. Like I've made it, I've made it work. I kind of went back to, you know, for you, this is what sounds like a quote unquote big year. Birders kind of call, you know, whenever they like go out and they try to, you know, photograph or see as many birds as possible, like their big year or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's my understanding. So in like falconry terms, it sounds like that was like your big year where like, that's all you did. And it was just bird, 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 bird like no time for anything else. And I kind of had yeah. like a year like that too. Like it was like a year I was in North Carolina. It was like right before I moved to New York city. I also feel like no one was really taking me seriously. I was like, I'm going to catch a hundred squirrels with this bird. That's my goal. Like that is my goal. And so my job, I changed my hours. So I was working from seven to three thirty. Ooh, nice. Yeah. So I'd have my bird, especially during the winter already in the car and so like at le- I'd be able to fly this bird anywhere from as little as 20 minutes to like two hours. And it just worked every single day. So obviously there'd be like days when it was raining and stuff, but it worked. So like October through February, it worked super, super well. And like, that's why I kind of have like, well, maybe I'm just too hard on people like with my apprentice and like finding time to fly. And I don't know if I'll have time and maybe it'll just be the weekends and blah. Like, dude, oh. you can go out for like, if you're in the field for like 20 minutes, you would be surprised like how much that does to your bird's psyche, like how fun that is for you, enrichment, and you can catch game doing it that way. Like, don't think like, oh, there's only an hour left of daylight, you know, no, get out, like get out there, you know? And it surprises me how a few people really take advantage of that, but maybe it's unhealthy. I don't know. Maybe it is just truly being addicted. I mean, I did it, Michael and I did it this year too, where it was like, we instantly have to get out. And this, you know, I'd be sitting at my spot, it's like pouring rain. And I'm just like on the phone, like bitching to Michael, like, oh my God, it's still raining. It's still raining. Okay. It's drizzling. I'm going out (laughs) (laughs) because it was like, I don't know. It's like I said, it's like an addiction is like a way that I just deal with all of my stress from school, which is just overbearing sometimes and it is just so rewarding and it just feels really damn good to see your bird successful and i want to replicate that every day so absolutely i did the same thing with my my jack his uh his first year i flew every day twice a day went all out yeah every every day twice a day straight up mornings and evenings that's awesome the nice the nice thing about micros is yeah he could eat a whole sparrow and then, you know, by 4 p.m., he's ready to go again. <laughs> See, that's cool. I don't, have, I don't really have any experience with micros. So, like, I don't know anything about that. I mean, that's very different. Yeah. I, I can't say enough about Merlin's specifically because you get all of the benefits of 
an intelligent, big, true long wing, but it's in a micro size and you don't need to have, you know, a hundred square miles to fly. And you have to be kind of nervous about their weight, obviously, but all that does is make you weigh them twice a day. It's that easy. And like when you take a few factors out, like you feed them the same thing every day. So for me, it was yep. sparrows. You feed the, feed the same thing every day. So that's not a variable. You keep them inside. So temperature, never exactly. available. Yep. Never yep. available variable. Um, and when you take those two things out, there's like 90% of your worries as far as guarantee I would know exactly what he was going to be within two grams you know, after a couple months of flying. It, like every single day, okay, he's probably going to be at this weight at this time, pull him out. Yep, within a gram. It's that easy. Well, that's that's the benefit of keeping birds inside too is, you know, yeah. okay, there's a constant temperature. It's, you know, 70 degrees. They're sitting there. You know, if they're hooded, they're just sitting there. This is how much I'm feeding them. This is what their metabolism is after 24 hours. So like my apprentice is so funny. He's this kind of like older guy. He's like an engineer and he's super smart. So I told him like, yeah, you know, weigh your bird, weigh the food, give me a report. It's like, just like text me what the bird weighed, how it did. He's like sending me videos of every training session and he is Mm. creating Excel spreadsheets, not data tables. I'm talking about like histograms and line graphs, charting the bird's metabolism, food, like food weight, the bird's weight, special notes. It's, I was like, having trouble reading it. And I'm like a scientist. I was like, give me that. <laughs> like, are you serious? <laughs> I want an apprentice like this. It that was amazing. Awesome. It was amazing. And I was like, I mean, if you're going to do this for, for a red toe, I mean, not saying that, you know, not saying anything, but. I am. I'll say it. I'll say it. Are you going to do this? <laughs> if you're going to do this for a red tail, yeah. can you imagine how well he'll be when he flies a real bird? Oh my gosh. That's so rude. I was not even going to say that. I was going to say ah! flies a more challenging bird. Or annoying. You, okay, that's, sometimes those that's, are go hand to hand. That's a little. <laughs> that's a little. That's a little more well said. A little more challenging. I mean, so what would you consider more challenging, a red tail or a Harris hawk? Actually, I kind of feel like a Harris hawk. I know I'm probably in the minority. No one's ever asked me that question before, and like I have like flown Harris hawks. Like when I was in England, we'd go on like you pay however many hundred pounds or whatever it is mm-hmm. to like go out with me and my hair talk. We're going to go catch like a rabbit or like a pheasant on the estate on the castle grounds. Like that's <laughs> the thing that I got paid to yeah. do. I mean, and they were like easy, but I think maybe people kind of take advantage of that and run into some problems. But I've seen actually, I've seen some really good hair socks that were squirrel birds. And then I saw some that were just, I don't know if it was like the falconer or the bird, but it was just severely disappointing. And in fact, my apprentice Chris had been to like two, I think it was like, I don't know if it was Georgia Falconry Association meets it, got like two clubs. And he said he had never seen a bird catch a squirrel. And I said, you have got to be kidding me. I said, there's no way. He's like, seriously, that's, I want to go out with you, which by the way, this is a man that I could call him like five minutes before I was about to hunt and he would always show up. He, he never didn't show up and it was like a daily thing. It was awesome. Man. He had never seen a bird catch a squirrel. He catch said he, anything. Yeah. He said he'd seen a few red tails. It was mostly Harris hawks. And I was like, oh, interesting. And he was like, yeah, you know, I didn't really like them. You know, and I was like, well, I don't really love Harris hawks for squirrels. I mean, they're extremely versatile and stuff. I don't think I would ever like fly one 
it's just not really my cup of tea. But I, I do think in some ways, like they are more challenging. Well, it just depends on where you're at, you know? Okay, yeah. So, right. Consider habitat. Yes. Like if you move to Phoenix, you should probably fly a Harris Hawk over a red tail. You know what I mean? As far as heat tolerance, that's probably not in your cards, but just, you know. Well, who knows? I mean, there's not even... I mean, you couldn't... Are there even any slopes? Could you even like slope soar like a dope-ass red tail on jacks there? Like, could you even do that? I don't know. I know that Arizona (laughs) does have a lot of um, hills and mountains, but around Phoenix specifically, I'm not sure. But I'm sure that somewhere there you could. And man, yeah, yeah. I got to give red tails a little bit of props. Uh, Jeez, a little? (laughs) Just a little. Okay. Just a little. Slope soaring on jacks is freaking sweet. It's badass. Oh, dude. We had a uh, a big female eastern trapped out east. You know, came back out here, got her slope. You know, got her right in the uh, right in the slopes. And man, just to see her cream jacks out of those sores was freaking sweet. See, that's that's what I was talking about. Like, that's what I want to do. That or, well, speaking of challenging, I'd probably want to fly goss. I'd probably fly like a North American goss <clears throat> on jacks out there. Why are Harris hawks so boring to me? Is it because I was forced to live with them when I was in England and I was like seventeen? yeah maybe it could be i mean they also could not have been pushing their limits you know what i mean were they taking hundred head seasons probably not uh no 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 no, no, they were flying on the weekends they were like little butterflies yes yes let's let's go fly the bird on the cocks of the yard (laughs) that's what it was like yeah i remember like I mean, technically, I wasn't even licensed, right? This was England. It was like the first hunt I'd ever been on. So I'm out with like the guy and I'm basically the intern and all these excited people. We're going to go hunting with hawks. And the bird (laughs) catches this rabbit that's in like an open field in a garden, you know how it is, and catches the rabbit. And I'd seen, you know, I knew what to do from like YouTube videos way, way back when. And I like grabbed the rabbit and I, you know, did the whole cervical dislocation thing and the head popped right off. Nice. Classic. <laughs> it was awful. And the guests, not all of them noticed it, but some of them noticed and were like, oh. I'm like, oh no, this is part of it. This is part of it. This is so cool. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the hawk removes its head. Yeah. And then I just like gave the head to the Harris hawk and, you know, she like, you know, walked off with it. And I was like, oh, and here's oh, the rabbit, nice. like pretending the head was still on it. And uh, put it in uh, the uh, like the lead guides, like you know, game bag. I didn't have anything. I was just like the little intern. But <laughs> how long were you in England? Just for six months, six to eight months. It was a ah. blast. Actually, I wasn't seventeen. I don't know why I said that. I was nineteen, so the the drinking age, you know, eighteen. Nice. <laughs> I was living oh, alone. Man, so you went in England. Oh my god! Yeah, I had. I had a little too much fun, honestly. I got it all out of my system in another country. I can say that. Did you? (laughs) Most of of it. No, most of it. Most of it. Most of it. Most of it. I'm 30 years old now, Chris. (laughs) I just turned 30 in February. Like, I cannot cannot be doing silly things anymore. Like, not coming to NAFA meets. Like, not coming to NAFA meets. That's something that. You're an adult. You come to the meets. Uh, I don't want to be this old. <laughs> no, it's uh, the worst. I don't want to grow up. 
Uh, no. Ugh. Gosh. Absolutely not. Okay, so you're, how long do you have left in Alabama? Oh, yeah. That's a classic question. My parents love to ask. So when are you going to be done with your research? Uh, so when are you done with school? Uh, so when are you coming back? Well... Hey, there's California quail walking outside of my window on the fence right now. It's hilarious. What time is it where you are? 7.17. Is it dark? No. Oh. West Coast, baby. Yeah. yeah I just didn't know if it would be dark there already. That's kind of cool. West Coast, best coast. Yeah, yeah. Mm, you say that. You say that before you come out here. I mean, you went to lose. Come on. Oh no, it was sick. It was sick. But you know what I don't like? And also, I went out west. I was doing all that field work last September, which was awesome. We were in Utah, Colorado, Nevada, California. That's right. Michael drove almost all the way from Alabama to California, nonstop, like literally nonstop. I think we made it to like. I think we made it close to Las Vegas and, and then we we're like, okay, we need to get a hotel. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was just like pounding Red Bull. I was like, <sighs> we didn't need to get this far this fast, but awesome. Vegas is a good place to stop. Some pl- Yeah, it actually was. We went to Dave Canales' house and saw some of his awesome birds. Oh, nice. He, uh, we took uh, some samples from, he's got a really awesome breeding project out there for dark birds. Uh, Michael Clark in California, uh, a couple other people in Utah, and I'm not sure I'll ever go back to Colorado. No, we all uh, we almost <sighs> died a couple times on the mountains yeah. driving, and it was just I don't know. It's so dry out there. I, I don't think it's worth it. I don't like that. I think I would miss the beauty of the temperate forest in autumn. Like, wouldn't you miss that? Don't you miss that about wherever, St. Louis? I miss <laughs> slaying squirrels. That's what I miss. It's fun. You know it what? You're telling me to come to NAFA. Why don't you come to like a, a squirrel meet? Dude, whenever, <laughs> when I, <laughs> when I was living in like Albuquerque and then like going to the NAFA meets because I was absolutely slaughtering jacks, I would go to NAFA to hunt squirrels. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Because we didn't have oh, tree I squirrels so you'd there. You'd be out there going over like the fox squirrels. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. The Midwest States, you know, they have, yeah, they have plenty of fox squirrels. And so I would do that. Oh, and like when I would go up to um, Boise to visit Alyssa and Joe, I would go hunt their squirrels up there. They have invasive fox squirrels as well. And so I would just, uh, uh, yeah, I miss that. And so, that's why it's an option for me because I have two incredible, you know, arguably the best single falconry squirrel dog in the world. Oh, your Decker. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The Decker of Deckers. He's the Lord of Deckers. I don't know if you knew that, but. I met him, didn't I? 2016. Ah, I would have certainly have brought him. Yes. Yeah. Tennessee, Tennessee. Wow. That That's was a right. doozy. Ha! <laughs> Oh, that meat was a doozy. Okay, it was was not just me. Stop it. Ha! We had a lot of fun. Played my part. We had a lot of fun. Do you remember me and Joseph trying to pick up wine bottles with our butt cheeks? Oh my god! How could I forget? Yeah, (laughs) I don't think anyone did it. Ever forgot that? No, we didn't. But we sure tried. I didn't do it, but that was that was pretty incredible. It was just me and Joe. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Maybe we need to do that again. I don't know if we... Somebody, somebody needs to. Okay, so because 
this last year because everybody knew that the meat was going to be trash, um, but the meat hotel oh, was so awesome. People knew that in advance. Yeah, nobody oh. came, right? Oh, but although they did have like really sick outdoor fire pit set up, and that was pretty cool, you know, because <laughs> Just come for the fire pits. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, NAFA, come for the fire pits. Um, but you know, a big part of the NAFA meet is like after dinner, after the raffle shuts down, the bar and the hotel lobby. That's Ooh. you know, I. I, I that's why you go. You know, that's that's probably like a quarter of the reason you go is for taking in alcohol in larger amounts than you probably should and everybody hanging out and like, you know, playing cards against humanity or something of the like in the lobby and just having an absolute ball. And maybe there's empty wine bottles involved in butt cheeks. Could happen. <laughs> could happen. Could not happen. Who knows? Oh my gosh. That was such a fun meet, though. I mean, it was Dude. just people just went ham. And that's what squirrel hawking is like. Squirrel hawking is really not elegant. Like, it is not elegant. No, it's not. It's brutal. It is brutal. It is a total it's blast. Savage. It's wild. It's chaotic. It attracts like a very unique niche of sophisticated individuals. No, I'm just kidding. We're not sophisticated. Not sophisticated, no. But trust me, I get. I know what sophisticated is. It's it's like it's Merlin not. and Longwing people. Yeah, Those I are knew, sophisticated yes. people. So like that's what I've been doing the last few years, and it's been incredible. But like I Ooh. do miss just the visceral Redness. slingshotting, beating the trees, screaming your head off, scraping your face up because you just ran through thorns. I miss that a little bit. <laughs> I feel like we're missing a cup. Just like, yeah, screaming. A lot of screaming. Oh, tape measures. Tape measures. A crap ton of dogs. Just dogs. Just dog city. So many dogs. But now you're all fancy. Look at you. You're you're a falconry gentleman. I I fly with my pinky in the air. Oh my gosh. Uh, I guess I'll never be a lady. We'll do a little bit of both. Like if I end up, I'm, I'm leaning more towards the Merlin. I really want to keep pushing those boundaries, you know, but I will be bringing my dogs. You know what I mean? Oh, you're going to be pushing for jacks. Oh, shoot. I mean, I'd like, I'd like to, so we actually have really nice pockets in Alabama of what are frankly the best fox squirrels in the country. Um, oh, just, cool. No, truly. Like they are enormous. They're beautiful. Like they're unique coat pelages. They're like the colors are just stunning. They're Awesome. I mean, gray squirrels are way more fun to catch, but fox squirrels when you more. exactly they are way harder to catch most of the time. The only problem birds have with fox squirrels is women and they want to go after them because they're like you know cat size, big, yeah. right? But I mean, it's just it's just really special because it's like oh, this is just awesome. Like all blonde, black, white face mask, silver. Oh, I mean, cool. I like every color. They are incredible, and their tails are like. Yeah, like foxtails, hence the uh, moniker. But yeah, I love it. But of course, I wouldn't want to go to NAFA and like not have one day where I'm doing something else. Maybe I'm just like putting too much confidence in myself. Like, yeah, I'll probably get a couple jackrabbits the first day. <laughs> <laughs> and man, maybe the second, and then I'll get bored. No, I'd like to see what other people are doing, actually. Frankly, I'd like to see some, some other species for one day, and then I'd probably be good. <laughs> 
Dude, okay, so you got to... So me and do you know who Daniel Murray is? Amazing micro flyer. And he's got a legendary Perlin, Tearsol. Oh. Yeah. And so me and him, because we'll be flying like similar size quarry at the meet, we're probably going to link up. We linked up plenty last meet, but you know he's got a Perlin and I had a Jack. So we were still flying different quarry. But because we'll be flying the same quarry, we'll probably be in the same caravan. And so you should link up with us and you'll get to see some truly incredible waiting on flights. I mean, it will be kind of like a breath of fresh air to you because you really don't do anything. And now don't get me wrong, that's like a huge part of what I love about falconry is being involved, but also like to not have to be involved and see it happen is pretty great. But like for you to just walk and just look at your bird and then something will get up in front of you and then to just watch it happen, watch the stoop in the chase, it's pretty cool. And then if he misses, he goes right back up. That's that's why I like micros more than duck hawking. You don't get one flush. You get 20. I was going to say, yeah, I feel like, Dude. you know, you, well, I know that like the flights can still be like super impressive. It's mm-hmm. not always about the kill at the end of the day. And I agree with that. But I, I've never seen like a, a large falcon actually kill a duck. <laughs> you know, I've that's seen, crazy. you know, goshawks and stuff and, and red tails and hare's hawks, but I've never seen a lot of large falcons. Like some of the meets I went to in the Northeast, it was, you know, the long wings that were flown were just flown to the lure. I mean, maybe there's already, I don't know anything about it. Oh, that's overweight today. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to judge got, You got to see some stuff you want to see. Okay. So I don't know just how much time you'll have, but like, man, you want to see some duck hawking. Oh, I'm sure they'll go this year. Who? Come out with Lissa and Joe. Dude, oh, I would love to. They bring the hammer down. <laughs> that sounds awesome. I haven't seen her in actually ages. No, I, I saw her. I saw her in 2019, like super briefly because she was at NAFA. She had like a, a light morph Harlan's hawk that we were checking out. Oh, that's right. But like we didn't really get to hang out. Like it was like super brief and we had to leave. Like we didn't really get to hang out with anybody, which kind of sucked. But well, now I'm jealous. Because I miss her. I miss her. Dude, she's so cool. And fortunately, she married one of my best friends. So now I get to see both of them when I ever go up there. I can't believe I haven't seen him since 2016. He was like... A little baby. No, you're so cute. I remember, kid. I think I went to try to offer him a beer or something. And he was like, oh, you can't can't give that to him. I was like, oh, (laughs) my bad. Oh, man. Well, not only was he young, he was Asian. You remember him at the Tennessee meet? Yes. <laughs> Wild. Oh my Low gosh. tolerance. Yeah. yeah, they'll they'll be coming and they'll be awesome. The baby will be a year older and more manageable. And then the other three kids will probably be with their dad for the week. And so, yeah, we can freaking let her rip, baby. I'd love to see that. I mean, just to have those those memories, I mean, it's cool. I want to be able to say that I've seen it, what it was like. Dude, I got to see... Uh, I think I saw them kill a few ducks this year, but the one that stands out was Lissa's hybrid, her Jeer Peregrine. Just freaking drop Thor's hammer. Just crack this female mallard just into next week. 
Oh man, it was so here's amazing. my question. So like, do your parent like hybrids or whatever? Are they stooping? Are they taking pitches and stooping? Is it like a tail chase? Is it a mixture because they're hybrid? It depends. Yeah, it's it's a lot of that. It depends on how you train the bird. Oh, so it could be either. Okay. It could be either because they're half gear. They really want to tail chase. Yeah. Because they're half peregrine, they are willing to go up and climb and stoop, you know? And if you train the bird to stoop and climb really well, and then you teach, not so much you teach it, you flush at the opportune time, you know? Like if you flush when the bird's way out of position, like way far and beyond and like downwind, let's say, then it's going to have to tail chase. Nobody wants that. You don't get to see any of it. But if that bird's right overhead, and so that's something you might see if you come out with me, Liz and Joe, or with me and like Daniel, you'll see that we'll wait till the bird is like right overhead into the wind and then pushes upwind of us. Then we start walking to flush like the quarry in the field, let's say. Yeah. So that the bird has a little bit of the wind and is ahead of us because, you know, so he's, so we're walking into the wind almost always. And then the bird's upwind of us right above, you know, slightly in front. And then the flush should theoretically be right underneath him. That's what you want to not get a tail chase. Okay. Yeah. Didn't know it. Thank you for the, uh, (laughs) little, I'm not sure I'll be using that this year. (laughs) (laughs) Totally fly red tails from a pitch. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm content with what I'm doing right now. <laughs> Absolutely. For now. All right, guys. So me and Jackie are going to get off of here. But if you want to keep listening to our conversation, because we have a few more topics we haven't covered that are a little more nitty gritty, like a little more in-depth, in-detail, just stuff that we're going to discuss that's a little more intricate and falconry-based, you know, we're going to be like using a lot more falconry-based lingo. We are going to put the second half of this episode up on Patreon, which I will have in a link in the description. So if you want to keep listening to the rest of this, jump on there with us. Otherwise, Jackie, thank you for coming on with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I've, learned, I've learned a lot about long wings and hopefully I'll see you at NAFA. Uh, I mean, I'm going to be there. Are you? (laughs) I'll make it work. Awesome. Good. Alrighty. Thank you guys for listening. If you haven't subscribed already, please hit that subscribe button and the notification bell and leave us an awesome five-star review. Have a great day, everybody. God bless. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this podcast. This is Michael Baran, aka Bare Hands Baran. Make sure you go now to Discovery Plus, download our reality TV show, Bare Hands Rescue, where we are out there every day rescuing people from wild animals. It is entertaining, it is engaging, and it is informative. Download it today and listen for our next podcast.